But notice what Jesus says, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. A hireling doesn't care about the sheep. There's no vested interest in them. He could care less. He's just getting paid. It's just a paycheck. But let me suggest to you that no one cares for you like Jesus. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Today we learn the bad shepherd, a hireling, would not defend the sheep and thinks the flock exists for his benefit. But the good shepherd lives and dies for the good of the sheep. It was assumed that wild animals or bandits would threaten the sheep. The question was, how will the shepherd respond? The good shepherd sacrifices for the sheep, even giving his life. Lord Jesus, we believe in you and thank you for your sacrifice on our behalf. Glory be to your name, and in your name we pray. Amen. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching, already in progress. A shepherd would do as well. He would go before, and he would take care and protect his sheep. Isn't that what Jesus did? Do you recall, right before Jesus was taken, in the Garden of Gethsemane, it tells us this in John chapter 18, Jesus as the guards and them were coming to arrest him, he said, he said to them, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way. Let these disciples of mine, let them go. Take me. That you're, I'm the one that you want. Take me. And that's what a shepherd does. It's what a good shepherd does. He delivers his flock. And he also protects them from danger. I said that. Your rod and your staff. He would use that rod to, to hit animals that were animals of prey that are coming. He would use the staff. He would use that long hook to, to reach down. And if, a, if an animal or a, a, a sheep was on the edge of a cliff, he would just reach around like that. And he would grab it around its front neck and its front part of its body and, and bring it to safety. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So glad that the Lord comforts us. So glad that he fights for us. And he also comforts us. He fights for us more than we could possibly know. You know, in in Hebrews chapter 1, it says this, that speaking of angels, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Do you know you have guardian angels? You do. The Bible tells us that. 
There are angels that look out for you, for those who are heirs of salvation. Either heirs or already a child of God. You have angels looking out for you. That's their job. And a good shepherd heals wounded and sick sheep. Do you have any idea how how hard it is to to tend for sheep? I mean, they're so disease... they're so easily, they so easily catch diseases. In their eyes, they got bugs. I mean, a shepherd always has to inspect the sheep to make sure that there's not parasites growing in its body, ticks and all kinds of worms and all these other things. The water they drink, he's got to look at all these things. He's got to take care of them. It's a very difficult process for a really good shepherd. And I've never tended sheep before, uh, animals anyway. But it's it's a hard business. It takes a lot of attention. And the Lord knows us so well. We are his sheep. And and not a hair of our head falls without him knowing about it. Does that comfort you? Does that comfort you when you go to the doctor and they tell you, you've got got cancer. And I'm sorry, but there's really, it's stage four. And it's all over the place. There's nothing we can do. Is he still your shepherd? Is he still the one who will care for you? The answer is yes. He has and he does. And he will continue. And he also goes after lost sheep. This is one of the things that's most endearing of the Lord. Remember in Luke chapter 15, it says, All the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him, to hear him, and the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he spoke to them this parable, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not have, doesn't leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls his friends and neighbors. saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. He goes after. Did the Lord come after you? If you're here this morning, He did. He came after you. He came after me. In my lost estate, you know, it seems like so long ago, if, if, you, if you can relate with me, do you remember when you first got saved and the mess that your life was? And how everything that you did just seemed to be going from bad to worse? And somehow the Lord broke through all of that and, and brought you into his kingdom? When you were at your wit's end, you were struggling with many things? I love that about the Lord, that he leaves the 99 with, a, with an attendant, and he, will, he goes after that one sheep. Remember that little video that we showed a couple weeks ago of that shepherd going out in the desert looking for that lost sheep? It was going to be certainly dead within a, a, a very short time, certainly from predators, if not for that, without anything to eat, Look, looking around, and the shepherd goes out. And I love the shepherd knows his sheep by name, and he has a unique sound. He Remember that? Remember that guy had that funny sound and, and then the sheep kind of looked and its ears perked up? And the sheep knew his voice. 
was so willing to go with the shepherd. Turn with me to Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34, this is a, an interesting chapter. It's concerning false shepherds and the true shepherd. And the reason I bring this up is because Jesus, right now, in this chapter, he's bringing a juxtaposition between good shepherds and the shepherds of Israel, the scribes and the Pharisees, who were false shepherds. They weren't good shepherds at all. And in fact, back in Ezekiel, uh, the, the religious leaders in Israel, before the nation of Israel was taken into captivity, there were also bad shepherds at that time, and the Lord warned them of this. He warned the leaders, those who were supposed to be good shepherds, to tend to God's flock. And instead, they were ingratiating themselves, making themselves fat, and making themselves rich rather than caring for God's heritage. Notice what it says in Ezekiel 34, verse 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds! Of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have strengthened, you have not strengthened, excuse me, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back that which was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they, where they were scattered. And my sheep wandered through all the mountains on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord, surely because my flock became a prey... And my flock became food for every beast of the field because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherd search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, and here comes the hammer, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherd will feed themselves no more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouths that they may no longer be food for them. And this is exactly what the religious leaders had become. They had become fat. They had become self-focused, self-centered. It was all about them. It had nothing to do with the people anymore. And they, were, they, they ceased to be shepherds. They were false shepherds. They were the blind leading the blind. And both would fall into a ditch, Jesus would say. But it goes on here, and I love the rest of this chapter, and we're going to read it because it not only uh, speaks to this, but it also gives us prophetic utterance about what's coming in the future concerning God's people and the church of Jesus Christ. Notice what it says in verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep, and I'll seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all places where they have been scattered on a cloud and dark day. And notice, here it is. Here's a prophecy that's already been fulfilled, at least partially. And I will bring them out of the peoples and gather them out of the countries and will bring them to their own lands. When did that happen? May 14, 1948. All the Jews all over the world came and they, they, Israel became a nation once again. David Ben-Gurion brought everything into session and, and they became a nation once again. And it partially fulfilled this scripture that, we, that we're reading right now that was, what was that? Nearly 27, 
at least 2,500 years prior, God told them that he would bring his sheep, Israel, back into the land. And notice, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys, and in the inhabited places of the country. Verse 14, I will feed them in good pasture, and their fold should be on high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. And Israel, in part, is doing that now. They've come into their land. It's very fruitful. If you get to go to Israel with us next year, next March, come with us. Let us know if you want to go. But we visit all these places, and it is very rich. It's beautiful to look at. Yes, there's rocky areas, but the rest of it, let me tell you, is blooming with fruit and flowers and every kind of thing you could think of. It's being reproduced just as God had spoken in his word in Ezekiel. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. I'll bind up the broken and I'll strengthen what was sick, but I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord, behold, I shall judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and goats. Is it too little for you to have eaten the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the residue of your pasture? And to have drunk of the clear waters that you must follow the residue with your feet. And as for my flock, they may eat. They eat what you have trampled with your feet. And they drink what you have fouled with your feet. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will judge between the fat and the lean sheep. Because you have pushed with side and shoulder. You've butted all the weak ones with your horns and scattered them abroad. And this is exactly what has happened in the past in Israel. Back at that time, about 600 B.C., Therefore I will save my flock, and there shall be no longer a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. And here it is, verse 23. This, this shoots us all the way into the future, into the millennial reign of Christ, where God will be faithful to his people, Israel, and also us, the church, made up of Jew and Gentile. Notice what he says. I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Notice, my servant David. Yes, David, the one we've been talking about on Thursday nights. The one who committed adultery and murder, yes, he's in glory right now. And God, when, when in the millennial reign of Christ, he's going to set. He's going when he resurrects David, he is going to serve the Lord in the millennial reign of Christ. Notice, my servant David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And why do I say that? Because when Ezekiel wrote this, it was three hundred years after David had already passed from the scene when this was written. He's prophesying of what's yet to come. Notice verse 25. I'll make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to cease from the land, and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. This speaks of the millennial reign when everything will be restored. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing and will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase. There shall be safe. They shall be safe in the land, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. And they shall no longer be a prey for the nations, nor shall beasts of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and no one shall make them afraid. I will raise up for them a garden of renown, and they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land, nor bear the shame of the Gentiles any more. Thus they shall know that I, the Lord their God, am with them And they, the house of Israel, are my people, says the Lord. You are my flock, the flock of my pasture. You are men, and I am your God, says the Lord. What an awesome chapter. What a great hope 
not only Israel has, but also for us. The church, we will be in the millennial reign as well. But look with me back in our text this morning in verse 12 in John. But notice what Jesus says, But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming, and he leaves the sheep, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. A hireling doesn't care about the sheep. There's no vested interest in them. He could care less. He's just getting paid. It's just a paycheck. But let me suggest to you that no one cares for you like Jesus. And again, I I am so encouraged by this. Again, maybe I need this more than all of you, but as I'm just heartbroken over the things that are going on, I need to remember again that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's my shepherd, and he's yours. He's going to take care of us, folks. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. He's got it covered. He knows what he's doing, and everything is right on time. It's discouraging, it's disheartening, it's hard to go through, but do you know that it's happening? And God says, don't you worry, flock. I got it covered. I'm going to take care of you through the midst of this. I'm going to carry you through this, and you're going to be just fine. It doesn't mean that there won't be some hard times, but I'm going to carry you through this. And on the other end, I'm going to bring you to glory. And you'll never see the wrath that God is going to pour out on this earth. The wrath is coming. The Bible tells us the great tribulation, it's coming. And it's going to be poured out on a world that has rejected Christ. You and I, the church, will be raised before that happens. And there will be a seven-year period we've looked at in great detail. He's going to pour out his wrath on a Christ-rejecting world. And they will be worthy of it. They'll be worthy of it. The angels said so in Revelation. They are worthy, O Lord, to receive all of your judgments. They are worthy and they will be worthy. Do you think that pleases the heart of God? Do you think that God is, he doesn't delight in the death of the wicked. He doesn't delight in the things, but he will not strive with man forever. He's going to give them an opportunity. And thank God we've all accepted the the opportunity and the great gift of salvation through faith in Christ. Thank God we have. And there are others, and I I don't get it. I don't get it how they can just shake their fists and say, not me, I'm going to do my own thing. I did it my way. I mean, really? You're going to do it your way? Where is your way going to lead you? It's going to lead you right to hell. That's the truth. My way was hell. I thought, it, well, I, thought I was a decent person before I got saved. And the Lord goes, mm, try again. I'm not. There's none good. No, not one. That's why we need Jesus Christ. Have you received Christ today? If you haven't received Jesus, you must do it today. Receive Christ today. Don't put it off to tomorrow. You don't have that opportunity. You may not have that opportunity. But Jesus doesn't just care for your soul. He cares for your, your body as well. And I love what it says in Romans what then shall, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He's going to give us all things. All things are yours, he tells us. Ultimately, all things are going to be yours. You're going to inherit everything. Blessed are the meek, for what? They shall inherit what? The earth. You're going to inherit so much more than the earth. 
The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care for the sheep. In verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. This is the last time he says it. And I know my sheep and I am known by, and I am known by my own. <laughs> I find that interesting. He knows us. The problem is with me. I, want, I need to know him. He knows me very well. But my great joy in this life is to get to know him. He already knows everything about me, but now I get to know him. And he knows us perfectly. What did he tell Jeremiah at the very beginning of his ministry? He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Before you were formed in the womb. Before you were formed. Before you were conceived, I knew you and I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That's a good message for the radical humanists in some capital cities in our country. I love what Texas did with their, uh, um, their heartbeat bill. That it was, they, they banned abortions as soon as the heartbeat, the fetal heartbeat started. And that's a good start. Praise God for them. I love Texas. I do. You know what I'd love to do? I mean, I wouldn't want to leave New York because I wouldn't want to leave all of you. But, you know, can't we just transplant and go move to Texas? Just get a U-Haul thing and just lift this whole building up and transport it somewhere else. Get some helicopters and just take it away. But I love Texas because they have guts. You know, the governor of that state, I'm just like, man, I just want to write, I just want to write that guy a check and say, take you and your wife out for dinner. A good steak dinner, too. You know, the steak in Texas is the best. I've been there because I know. Yes, God knows who those, whose of those are his, even before conception. In Psalm 139, David says, Lord, you've searched me and known me. You, have, you, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. Does God know you? He does. He knows you. He knows the very thoughts. He says, for there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, Lord, you know it all together. Before I even speak the word, before I even think the thought, Lord, if you really wanted to tell me what I was going to think in the next 30 minutes, you could tell me right to the microsecond what I'd be thinking about. It probably would be lunch. But notice this. Verse 13 of Psalm 139, you formed my inward parts and you covered me in my mother's womb. Oh, Really? So he not only knew, knew you before you were conceived, but while you were being formed in the womb, he's very much intact. He's very much interested. He's very much in control of everything that's going on there, overseeing the whole process. Does that encourage you? I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Notice my frame, or my bones, were not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Does God care about those babies? That's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.